Hello. I've just returned from vacation. I went to a small town called Boston. Uh, you might have heard of it. It's relatively inconsequential over the course of American history. Uh, had a good time. We'll talk more about that later. But first, hello and welcome back to episode two of Vlog from a Desk in the Astral Realm. This is not a prop. I'm very tired. So welcome. I'm back with episode two. And as I've said before, this is sort of an experimental series. And for now, I'm just going to wing it. I've got uh, some show notes and stuff I want to talk about today. And otherwise, I'm just going to say whatever comes to mind. And that's that's the goal. So let's see how it goes. Hopefully it's good. And I appreciate you sticking with me on this. I will say the draw to make this into a podcast is certainly there, and I kind of want to do that eventually. I still want to hammer out a few details before going directly to that route. I do want to bring on guests, both just audio guests or audio visual, uh, and I do have more plans for diving deeper into certain topics, having recurring segments, and tightening a few bolts. So bear with me as we work through the sort of early days of this format, and I am excited about the opportunities that this brings. Now, when I was planning out the topics for what was going to be in this episode, I looked up the date this episode would be airing on uh, to pull some history from that day, you know, start off with some lightweight. Here's an interesting fact. Um, but then I saw what the date was and not gonna do that today. So let's skip right past history and move on to a fun first topic, friendships. Specifically, the messiness of friendships. So you've probably heard of the term chosen family, and it's definitely gaining popularity recently. And rightfully so. Family is a strange concept, especially in the format of society that we live in. Humans evolved in a relatively specific structure, typically tribes, groups of a few hundred or thousand that each had their own jobs and what they were responsible for. But then came along hierarchies and kingdoms and democracies and organized nations, and there's not anything inherently wrong with that. It's not like you can't do that. It's, it's fine. But the world that we live in now is a very globally accessible, largely capitalism-driven system. And making friends is kind of difficult in a world where you're not just expected to move, but encouraged to do so. It is romanticized to uproot and change your living space with relative frequency, especially for a job. When you're a kid, friendships are super easy. Typically, they happen from proximity. You sit next to someone in class, and they're probably going to be your friend. But as you age, finding people who you can connect with and enjoy your time with becomes increasingly difficult, and the friendships that started from proximity don't always hang around forever. And leaving those friendships behind can be very challenging and scary. Now I'm the wrong person to talk to about how to make friends. It's not a skill that I am particularly strong at. But I do have friends who I really enjoy spending time with. And I also have friends who I basically don't keep up with anymore because it's just not mutually worth it for either of us. They have plenty going on in their lives and I've got plenty going on in my life. And sometimes it's okay to just let things fade away. In fact, I would postulate that social media and the whole concept of these massive networks that keep you connected online 
are detrimental to us. We don't need the added guilt of, oh, well, I haven't talked to this person or had any interest in their life for over a decade, but I'm still friends with them on Facebook. We were not built to keep up with the updates of every single person all the time everywhere. It's just not the way we go about things. I'm not saying give up all of your friendships. I'm saying take a moment and identify which friendships are super strong and there and real and ones that you want to continue to invest in or reinvest in. I certainly have some friendships that I would like to rekindle. It's been my fault that we haven't been keeping up as much as we probably should have. It's something to continuously work on, but it's also something to give yourself the room to do. If you need to tidy things up a little bit in your social space, that's fine. Everyone has to. It's acceptable. It's perfectly okay. Anyway, friends are great. Let's move on. I want to talk about me and the vacation that I just took. Yay, talking about myself. Anyway, so I just returned from vacation, like I said in the opening to this video. I went to Boston with my partner, and it was a really wonderful time. Boston's a super fun city to go visit, especially if you're staying downtown. It's really easy to walk around everywhere, which is kind of funny because I have heard that it's not easy to walk around everywhere. And there's just a lot to do. And there's so many parks and everything is really pretty. The buildings, the architecture, it's all wonderful. Uh, I will say that the people who live in Boston walk with chaos in their hearts. They do not adhere to walking to the right at all. They just walk where they're going to walk and you better get out of their way. But we had a wonderful time and we were there specifically to go see My Chemical Romance in concert. My partner had purchased tickets to this concert before the pandemic. Uh, so... That gives you a sense of how long we've been looking forward to this trip. While I don't tend to travel a lot because my sleep situation makes it really difficult to be comfortable while traveling, I did have a good time this time, and it very much does help that the state that contains the city that I went to has legal access to a particular substance. For those who are not in the know, I use a particular substance to aid with sleep. Not a prop. Anyway, I stayed in a hotel that was directly across from Ben Franklin's grave, which was weird, uh, but kind of cool, I guess. We also were right across from Boston Commons, which was really fun to walk around and honestly gorgeous. The concert itself was excellent. MCR put on a hell of a show and opening for them was Bad Flower and Thursday, two bands that I have not heard of, but thoroughly enjoyed their live performances. It was ecstatic. It was just amazing energy in that venue. While I am not a lifelong MCR fan, I am a recent convert, and I very much enjoy their music. I didn't know most of the stuff that was played, but I still enjoyed it. I will say that I was wrecked by the end of the concert, even though we had stadium seats and we had dedicated chairs, which most people sat for the opening acts and then stood for the main act. It was still just a lot to be standing in line and then in the stadium and standing and, you know, swaying and dancing for however long and... We had been walking all over the city the prior couple days. It was just a lot. My feet were killing me. I don't understand how people do concerts more than once a fiscal millennium, honestly. But whatever. It was a good time. I also ate hella lobster and some really incredible sushi. So it was a good trip overall. Moving on. Let's talk about anger. So anger is something that I've been working on for a while. I wouldn't say that I've got anger issues and I haven't been diagnosed with any kind of condition therein, but it's something that I've been trying to get a handle on since, I don't know, 2014, 2015-ish, especially once all the political bullshit started going down in a country known as the United States of America. 
it began to really get under my skin, just how crappy everything was getting. And I was actively angry all the time. It would not take a whole lot just to set me off and send me spiraling into anger, despair combination, just tailspin. Not great. So I want to specifically talk about ambient anger, just an underlying current of anger and what causes it and what it even does for us. The 24-hour news cycle, Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff, it all amalgamates into this just machine that's supposed to keep your attention however possible. And over the past several years, increasingly, everyone has learned that the easiest way to keep your attention is to keep you scared and angry. Now, cable news has known this for a long time. That's obvious to anybody who watches it with an objective eye. But it's really come home in the past five years on social media, what with foreign entities targeting each other, trying to convince their populations to be mad about something or split the populations, or just politicians trying to rile up their base to get votes by saying the most ridiculous things. It's all red meat and it's all there to make your blood boil. It is a game to them. Playing into their hand doesn't just make them win, but it makes your life materially worse. Anger is not something you want to just carry around. It can legitimately shorten your life and just reduce your quality of life overall. I want to be clear that I'm expressly not saying don't pay attention or all sides of the political spectrum are bad and equally bad. That is not true and couldn't be further from the truth. But it's not worth being idly angry about the show that they're putting on and things that we cannot control. We cannot control what a fascist party is going to do. They're going to do fascisms. What we can control is the immediate area around us and our direct impact on the world. And we can be satisfied with what we are doing while being disapproving of what other people are doing. And yeah, disapproving is not really the same as anger. But that anger is still there. It can just be packaged up and put aside. I don't need to express that anger. It's there, just not active. Am I angry that there exists an incredible level of wealth disparity in modern society? Yes. Am I angry at the absolute mistreatment of marginalized people? Absolutely yes. Am I angry about my tax dollars going towards bombing brown people in other countries who I have no problem with? Absolutely yes. I am angry about these things. But there's nothing that I can immediately do to resolve that anger. So carrying it does nothing for me. What I can do is acknowledge that that's the reality, acknowledge that I can't do anything about it. It sucks to give up that sense of, well, maybe I can control some dial somewhere, but you really can't, not by yourself. Coming to terms with the incredibly painful fact that we can't just snap our fingers and fix reality took a long time for me, but ultimately, I'm much happier now because I can focus on the positive impacts that I want to make. I can still be loudly disapproving of this stuff. I can still hate that my partner has fewer rights over her own body than she did just a couple of years ago. That is egregious and awful, and it drives me forward. I'm converting that into inspiration to try to do good, and that's all I can really do about it. If I'm going to be angry, I'd rather be productive in positive ways about it. Because I spent way too long sitting on the couch, seething in anger, watching just yet another YouTube video about why I should continue to be angry. And so that's what I wanted to say about anger. And I can expand more on this subject if people would like to know more, but let's move on from there. You may have heard that the queen is dead. <laughs> 
So I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I don't care about the queen. And I'm not trying to be edgy there. I'm not trying to, you know, be all cool and whatnot. But like, I legitimately, it's, it's I'm not British. That's <laughs> not my queen. Uh, I, I do not have a appreciation on a personal level for why this news is massive to certain people. Of course, it's massive to certain people. Uh, it's massive in a very different way for other people, especially people whose entire countries have been historically destroyed by the monarchy. A lot of people have had a lot of different reactions to this, and most of them are valid. I do not think that one of the valid reactions is to tell people how they should react. Of course, with any high-profile political death, there's going to be people who say, don't speak ill of the dead. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything. And the easy retort to that is, if you don't want people to celebrate your death, live your life in such a way that people don't celebrate your death. There are a lot of people, some of my viewers included, who feel very emotionally disturbed by this and see it as an extreme historical event. And it absolutely is an extreme event. This is the first time that we've seen a change in the monarchy in the UK in like a very long time. So yeah, it is historically notable. Is it going to change the world? No, no, not really. Is it going to matter in a few months? If you're not British, probably not. But it's a reminder that we have very strange things going on in this world. It is the year 2022. A person who lives in a literal castle and is an actual living monarch, whether or not she had actual serious political power, which she did, even if she's just a figurehead. A monarch died <laughs> in 2022. It just doesn't, it's hard to compute. I have not been coy with my political stance. I lean towards anarchism. And the queen is a very strong symbol of what I pretty much stand against. An unelected person at the head of a state who does not prove good use of authority. I do not find that supporting a castle and the monarchy in general is a good use of people's money. Now, that's a very simplistic take. I know that there's much more to it than just upkeeping the castle. It is part of their legal system to some degree, and it would take a long time to change all of that. It is symbolically important to all of the nations who are a part of the crown. It carries weight. It's not just like they can snap their fingers and be like, eh, let's just get rid of the monarchy. I, I get it. But that doesn't change the fact that it's the most prominent institution that embodies virtually everything that I stand against politically. So what's my take on it? I don't care that it was Queen Elizabeth or any other monarch. A dead monarch is the only monarch that I will accept. I didn't think about the queen before this, and I won't really think about the queen after this. I don't think monarchies should exist. That's pretty much my only thought on the matter. And so let's dovetail from that to politics. Now, I only really have one thing I want to talk about today on the topic of politics, and that's disappointment in the Democrats in general. So again, I've been very clear with my politics here. I believe that the American Republican Party is a fascist party. They are a lost cause, and the only thing that we should do with them is expect fascism. The Democrats are a center-right, spineless, boring party who sometimes does a little bit of good. However... They really, really need to fix their shit. So I acknowledge that the Democrats are in a weird position because this one party has to now house virtually every candidate that is left of literally fascism. If we removed the American right wing and split Democrats into multiple parties, we would still have contentious elections. That's how broad their ideology is now. And the very unfortunate side is that the further left side of their ideology, while highlighted by a lot of media, is tiny. 
compared to the center-right side of them. But specifically what I want to complain about, Nancy Pelosi, this is a message to you. You have had your automated systems transferring my phone number around to every candidate, including yourself, to just send me spam texts asking for money. I donated a little bit of money back in 2016 and 2018, and I am not donating any more to your damn party. Because all you have done is taken my contact information and sent it to everyone to beg me for cash. And worse, you've sent it to everyone to beg me for cash via text message, which I cannot preemptively block. So here I am getting a text message from Nancy Pelosi in huge air quotes saying, hey, can you donate to us? Because don't you want reproductive rights? Hey, maybe take some of that money that you got from that insider trading that you do constantly and put a few of your own damn millions up instead of asking me to spend money on your party. Hey, maybe take some of the millions of dollars that you've made from insider trading and put that towards fundraising instead of asking me to do it. Because you are nowhere near aligned with my politics and you have had decades to codify Roe. And you did nothing and used it as a campaigning tactic. Am I going to still vote Democrat down the ballot? Yes, voting for me is harm reduction. I will vote for the candidate that will do the least bad. That is not the way that we solve the problems in our country, and I do not believe that we're going to wholly solve our problems just from voting. I am still going to vote, and I encourage you to do so as well, because it is a very low-effort way to get a little bit of harm reduction. But I am done donating to the Democrat Party, and I do not buy that we just need a few more senators to make it work. Because if you cannot get two of your senators in your own party in the most powerful nation in the world to get on board with human rights, then I don't know what you want from me. I don't know why you think that I would support you. Because the options are either you're too incompetent to corral your own party to deliver on things that people desperately need in the country that you have a majority stake in governing currently, or Mansion and Cinema are just fall guys and y'all don't want to govern, which that's the one that I think is true. As I've said before, my view of political parties is to see them as criminal organizations vying for power. Political parties do not want to govern, they want to seize and retain power. That is their stated goal. They do not gain anything from governing, they gain from having power. So no, Nancy Pelosi, I will not be donating my money to you. Please, fuck right off. That brings us to parting thoughts. Now, I apologize for the amount of political ranting in this video, but hey, I'm a person too, and I have thoughts on stuff. But let's tie it all back together with something just a bit more grounded and thoughtful and more about just ourselves. As I said earlier in this video, the only thing that we can really control is our own actions. We can put out good or bad into the world. We can have an effect on other people through our actions. Take some time today, tomorrow, this week to think about what you can do to better the world around you and directly around you. Someone you live with, people you pass on the street, the owner of a local shop, your classmates, your teachers, anyone who you interact with with relative frequency, pick someone and see what you can do for them. A small favor without them having to ask, a passing smile, a compliment, something that will brighten their day with minimal effort to you. Your actions speak louder than words and they should hear everything you have to say before you've even opened your mouth. You'd be amazed at how much better our lives can become when we make other people's lives better. A rising tide lifts all ships and all that. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of Vlog from a Desk in the Astral Realm. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my Discord. Head on over to endeavorance.camp to find everything that I am doing. And I will see you in the Astral Realm. Goodbye.